We're talking about Jehovah's Witness blood transfusion issues. And my main message today is this, Jehovah's Witnesses do not have to die. In fact, if my statistics are right, three Jehovah's Witnesses will die today because of the false teaching from the Watchtower on the topic of blood transfusions. And this is a great tragedy. It's needless deaths. It is a terrible, horrible, painful thing for them to go through and completely unnecessary. So um, welcome to the Tuesday live stream. I'm Mike Winger, Bible thinker, and I'm here to talk to you about issues of theology and apologetics. And we do this every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to get notifications when I go live, go ahead and subscribe and click the bell icon if you're on um, if you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, make sure that you're following and you get, you're getting notifications from my page and you'll always get that info when I go live. So here's a quick overview of what I'm actually going to do for you today. We're going to talk about um, why Jehovah's Witnesses are told that they have to refuse life-saving blood transfusions. We're going to talk about how the Watchtower twists the Bible to support this. We're going to talk about proof that this is hypocritical and wrong. And I don't mean that as like a childish accusation against the Watchtower. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i going to prove that it's hypocritical. <laughs> I actually just mean what I'm saying. And we're going to talk about how JW.org and the Watchtower deceive and manipulate the Jehovah's Witness on this topic. We will get into the biblical issues, the medical side of the issues, and we'll talk about the medical issues of blood transfusion and quotes from the Watchtower that prove that they're full of baloney, dangerous baloney, poisoned life-ending baloney that needs to be dealt with. Um, we need to get rid of this terrible baloney. I actually put three links in the video description that you can click, and one's jwfax, one's bmj.com, and one's ajwrb.org. These are three websites where you can do further research if you like. You can even have them open while I'm talking and be, be uh, scrolling through in an open window, so you can kind of really inform yourself and get the full story here. Um, so, <clears throat> first things first. If you are not familiar with Jehovah's Witnesses and you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, you need to know about these guys right here. This is the governing body of the Jehovah's Witnesses. These are the guys, these these particular eight guys, they're in charge of Jehovah's Witnesses. They tell Jehovah's Witnesses what they can and can't do, um, not in every situation in life, but definitely in many situations. And in fact, in modern times, this governing body, these eight guys are telling Jehovah's Witnesses that they need to be ready to follow their orders, even if they seem crazy or irrational, because it can save their lives both in this life and the next. Um, I mean, they're they're getting this propaganda regularly. Um, I would be very bothered if information like that was coming to me from a pastor in my life. You have to be ready to follow my instructions, even if it seems like it's not reasonable. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd be looking for a new church. So... These guys, they influence the Jehovah's Witnesses through multiple uh, means. Uh, they have Watchtower publications. That's those magazines that say Watchtower or Awake. They have videos that they produce. They have conferences that they do. They have teaching materials that they give out. And all of the teaching that happens at the Kingdom Halls around the world come from these guys, uh, at least from their oversight. They approve of all the teachings. So they're told, do what these guys say or else. That's the implication. Um so that means that when I quote Watchtower or when I quote the, what the governing body says, I'm quoting rules and laws for Jehovah's Witnesses. You need to follow this. This is, this is the way it is. Um, so these are considered reliable sources in their perspective. So now let me give you a really quick overview <clears throat> um, of Jehovah's Witness teaching on blood transfusions because it wasn't always this way and it has changed over time, something that many people are not aware of. 
1945 um, is when we first have in Watchtower publications from the governing body of the Jehovah's Witnesses, we have the rule that you cannot get blood transfusions. It, that first happened in 1945, first time it shows up in the documentation there. Um, in 1961, it sort of elevated and it became a disfellowshipping issue. Like you can be disfellowshipped as a result. If you do get blood transfusions, not only should you not, but if you do it, you can get disfellowshipped which is a pretty extreme thing. Uh, Jehovah's Witness disfellowshipping is a much stronger and extreme thing than a biblical um, excommunication. It's it's a very different kind of thing. Um, then the Jehovah's Witnesses at that point started carrying around these blood cards that I'm showing you here. Um, and if you're a Jehovah's Witness, you know exactly what this is. You've probably got one. You've got it in your wallet or you have it like on a little keychain. The blood card, the purpose of the blood card is so that if you're brought into the hospital, they would know you cannot get a blood transfusion. They're not allowed to. You'll sue them. <laughs> Someone will sue them if if they try to give you a blood transfusion, even if it will save your life. So this blood card is standard um, standard thing that a Jehovah's Witness will carry around with them to make sure to be able to obey the governing body in this area. So that was in 1961 where it really elevated into a much bigger issue. In fact, in all reality, Jehovah's Witnesses are taught at that time that it would not only be a disfellowshipping result for them, but they would literally not be resurrected. They'll be annihilated by God um, if they get a blood transfusion. <clears throat> So there was a previous doctrine from the Watchtower on the issue of what's called fractions. I'll, I'll get into what fractions are in a second, but but imagine you've got blood and then you have bloods, what blood is made of, the main elements. Then you have breaking that down into smaller and smaller elements. Those are fractions. And this is what the Watchtower used to say about, hey, can we, can we use not just whole blood, can we use just tiny little fractions of blood? This is what they said in Awake, um, let me see, 9 8 1956. That was the edition, September 8th, 1956, page 20. They said, while this physician argues for the use of certain blood fractions, particularly albumin, remember albumin, we're going to talk about this one, such also come under the scriptural ban. So it's very clear that the Watchtower says um, you can't use albumin. This is a particular blood fraction, an example given in the Watchtower. Uh, publication Awake magazine, and they say this is under the scriptural ban. You can't use albumin. But in 1982, that changed. Now I'm glad it changed. Uh, this is good because any any releasing of the ability for Jehovah's Witnesses to use more uh, blood transfusions is a good thing. But in 1982, here's what happened. Um, they say in Awake, the same magazine, in uh, 622-1982 version, page 25, Witnesses Religious understanding does not absolutely prohibit the use of components such as albumin, immune globulins, and hemophiliac preparations. Each witness must decide individually if he can accept these. Now, you're going to see this consistently with Watchtower. They will change their mind on things, but what they'll never do is say, we changed. They'll just print it as though it was always the case. So we have the 1956 copy of Awake that says albumin is under the scriptural ban in the 1982 copy of Awake that says albumin is not prohibited and it's up to you if you want to use it or not. <clears throat> so this is this is a description of how it is nowadays. This is what's allowed nowadays. Now back in the day, anything that was blood related was forbidden. Now they say you cannot use whole blood, red cells, white cells, plasma, or platelets. That's what whole blood's made of. But if you break those things up, 
red cells into hemoglobin-based blood substitutes or interferons from white cells or albumin from plasma fractions. Like this is, this is permissible as far as they're concerned. So this is the current teaching, and it was not always this way. There will be Jehovah's Witnesses who are alive right now who remember when albumin was something that meant you will be annihilated by God if you take this, but now it's considered up to you. So that's the, that's the, the, the brief overview of this. Um, let, me, let me talk for just a moment, though, about these fractions, because it's, it's important that we discuss it. I'm glad that they are allowing fractions, and they should allow even more. <laughs> this is a good thing. But why do I want to labor this point? Because their permission of fractions, their allowing fractions, is very, very revealing about what's actually going on inside the governing body and in the Watchtower organization. It proves that they are a man-led organization and that they are, um, they're doing damage control because JWs are dying, dying. They're the victims of this policy, right? They're dying because of this stuff. So they're trying to kind of create wiggle room, but they've said such strong things against blood that they have to find some justification for allowing it. And so they're allowing fractions, even though they specifically outlawed it in the past. So let's talk about the oddness of fractions. Um, plasma is not approved. I showed you that in the diagram. Let me show you that again. Plasma is not approved, but plasma fractions, particularly albumin, that is approved. Okay, that that doesn't mean a lot to most of us. We're like, I don't know what an albumin is or plasma fractions. I don't even know what a blood fraction is. But let me give you the details. Albumin is often used to treat um, burns. If a person has a third degree burns, which is burns over 30 to 50% of their body, it requires about 600 grams of albumin. So 600 grams of albumin has to be used for this person. Now, here's the trick. In order to get the albumin, which is just, there's a small amount of it in blood. In order to get this albumin, they need 45 liters of whole blood. That is the blood of nine full-grown humans, all of their blood. I mean, obviously, they don't take it all from nine people. They take it from large numbers of people. They need 45 liters of, of whole blood in order to make the 600 grams of albumin that's needed for that particular treatment that the watchtower says is okay. So do you, do you see the problem here? In order for the albumin to be there, they have to be doing something the watchtower totally forbids. So the watchtower is sort of endorsing the giving of blood, the storing of blood, the processing of blood, and then the reduction from one thing into another so they can create the albumin so they can use it. So this, this proves the hypocrisy of the thing that's going on. They also encourage EPO, which is a red blood, red blood cell stimulant. Uh, JWs are recommended, you know, use this instead of a blood transfusion. This encourages your bone marrow to produce more red blood cells. It's called EPO. And it is made with what? Albumin. And so this doesn't really get around the issue at all. Um, and they might say, well, albumin is just a minor blood component. Well, albumin makes up 2.2% of your blood. But the Watchtower bans platelets, and platelets only make 0.17% of your blood, meaning that in, in any amount of blood, you have 10 times more albumin than platelets. And you can't use the platelets, but you can use the albumin. So I just wanted to, that's, this, that's as much science, deep science as we'll get to today. Uh, I want you guys to know this. This is um, evidence that they're just doing spin control and they're just, they're just like, we, we, we don't want to admit we're wrong. I mean, here's the craziness of it. They'd rather see people die than admit they're wrong, but they don't, you know, they don't want to 
really see people die, so they'll try to find a way to achieve both. Keep people a little bit more alive, but still look right. And it's, um, um, they're playing with lives, man. They're playing with lives, families, children. Um, now, the Watchtower, if you're a Jehovah's Witness, you know that the uh, the Watchtower, um, they will they will demonize blood transfusions. You probably have a lot of ideas about blood, tra blood transfusions, if you're JW, that are not quite accurate. Um, the uh, There's an article, in fact, on JW.org, which is specifically called Blood Transfusions, How Safe?, and in this particular article, they basically go for reason after reason why blood transfusions are very dangerous. And, and they don't say outright, no one should ever get one of these. But the whole purpose of the article is to say, this is not safe. This is not okay. Here's what I want you to know about this article, this particular article on jw.org. And I, yeah, go go read it. Go check it out. You know, do the research. Um, this information is 30 years old. All the stuff they have on the, on the information is 30 years old years old. Let me give you an example. This is from that same article on JW.org. They say, approximately one in 100 transfusions are accompanied by fever, chills, or eutycaria hives. Okay, first off, like, I'm not that worried if my life got saved and I got the chills. Um, so let's move on. But approximately one in 6,000 red cell transfusions, they say, results in a hemolytic transfusion reaction. This is a severe immunological reaction that may occur acutely or in delayed fashion some days after the transfusion. It may result in acute kidney failure, shock, intravascular coagulation, and even death. And this is a quote from National Institutes of Health Conference 1988. I I, I don't know exactly specifically where the quote came from. Here's what I noticed about it. 1988. Hmm. Boy, you know, 1988, that's, that's 30 years ago. I wonder how safe is blood now compared to 30 years ago? Let's assume this quote is even true. Well, Jehovah's Witnesses, I have good news for you. Uh, the, the actual FDA requires that anytime somebody dies in a hospital, as a result of a blood transfusion, even if it's suspected, they have to report it to the FDA. This is in the United States. So they put that information not only in reports, but they put it on their website and they publicize it. So let me in, go check it out on your own. This is this is uh, something you can research. FDA um, deaths caused by blood transfusion. So in 2011, for example, here's a quote from, from the FDA's website. They say there were approximately 21 million, million blood components transfused. During the proximate period of, uh, excuse me, during the proximate period of fiscal year 2011, so in 2011, there were 58 reported transfusion-related and potentially transfusion-related fatalities. Translation, 21 million blood components transfused, 58 people died. And these, these were only reported, as in they might be caused by the transfusion. So they had to put in the report. They still have to do all the investigation to see if these people really died as a result of the transfusion. 21 million, 58 people. This includes donors and recipients. Donors and recipients. So there's really, in a sense, two people for every one of these incidents that are involved. Um, so percentage-wise, what's your chance of dying, really, of a, of a blood transfusion based on the FDA's report? It is 0.000276%. 000 or 1 in 362,000. 1 in 362,000 are my chances of dying from a blood transfusion uh, based upon that report from the FDA. 
that's 2018. Okay, this is this is not 30 year old information. And you can look; they have several years uh, of information on there that you can check out. What are the chances, though, of dying if you refuse a blood transfusion? That's the question. What if I don't get a blood transfusion? Will I will I die? I mean, how how important is this? So there's actually been studies done on this. It's a little difficult to do it because the Watchtower has this information. They know how many people are dying from uh, lack of blood transfusions, but they don't publish this. They don't tell anybody. So there was an independent study done that included 125 surgical patients, all Jehovah's Witnesses. They all refused transfusion and they had all reached the point where the doctors would normally insist on a transfusion. So this is where that little blood card came in. So 125 patients who all reached that, that, that emergency level where the doctor said, I got to use the transfusion. And they were like, you know, they had said, no, they wouldn't allow it. So amongst them, it was found that over 60% of the patients whose preoperative hemoglobin fell below six grams per deciliter died following the surgery. 60% died. Three out of five. Three out of five compared to one in 362,000 who die from blood transfusions and suspected die from blood transfusions. Three out of five compared to one in 362,000. <clears> so the watchtower is giving some scary medical advice to the Jehovah's witnesses. They're trying to make it look like, like blood transfusions are really bad. And then the Jehovah's witness, they go into the, to the doctor's office and the doctor's trying to talk them into it. And they're just thinking like, like you're, it's a conspiracy. It's, it's Satan trying to get me to make a compromise. I need to hold fast in my faith. And it ends up being just a really hard thing for everybody. I have friends in the medical community who've told me stories about things like this. I have one friend who just, just recently a child died, um, in under her watch, uh, while she was, um, dealing with this, this exact issue refusal for blood transfusion. So what is this? I mean, how many deaths are really going on? There was a conservative estimate based on data from four hospitals in New Zealand. So what they did was they, they went to four hospitals in New Zealand They and they, they checked in 2016 how many people were dying in this exact area. And the way they check is they can't ask the JWs. They just got the information from those particular hospitals themselves. And what they did was they averaged this out so that for 2016, based on data from four hospitals, there are approximately 1,200 Jehovah's Witness deaths going on in that year, in the year 2016. Um, you can actually see this on, on ajwrb.org. I put a link in the video description for more details on that. This is a website that's um, Advocates for Jehovah's Witness Reform on Blood. That's the name of the website. And they are, um, they're trying to do good work here. That averages out, though, if, if their estimates are right, and they're based on real data, these estimates, then that averages out to about three people a day. Three people a day that are dying because of Jehovah's Witness teaching on blood transfusions, teaching that's not in the Bible, teaching that's not, not required of, of anybody. Um, it's just based upon, see, one of the things that Jehovah's, the watchtower does is this, is it gets up, it gets quirky, weird teachings. Like there's a few particular teachings that it gets. And then it says, we're right about this and nobody else is. We're the only ones that hold to this. So that proves that we're the only faithful ones out there. And the blood transfusion thing is one of those things. It's to them, it validates. The, the truthfulness and the righteousness of their organization. But to me, it validates something else, something that is not flattering and not good. So in, from 1941 to 2016, there have been approximately 33,000 deaths caused by Watchtower's policy during that period. 33,000. 
This is a pretty serious issue. This is a very serious issue, at least blood transfusion issue. So JW propaganda, it will suggest that blood transfusions are dangerous. It likes to say, saved us from AIDS during the AIDS epidemic. Um, and they point to any, any, any sort of unlikely moment where, you know, failure to have a blood transfusion was somehow a good thing, but they ignore the large amount of information that says that the opposite is true. They also talk about advances in alternatives, which is kind of ironic when you think about it. Uh, Watchtower magazine will, will brag about how Jehovah's Witnesses refusing blood transfusions has caused doctors to have to get better at doing surgery without blood. Um, and doctors like this, but the, the reason why they like it's not because blood transfusions are bad, but it's because there's not enough blood. So it's just sad because on the graves of Jehovah's Witnesses, we're advancing medicine for when we have blood shortages and they present this like it's a positive thing. Um, it's sad. Now, let me share with you a, a couple more medical facts. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses, oh, I'll just mention, we are live. I, I do have the live chat over here and I will answer your questions after I've finished kind of running through all the, all the, uh, all the content for today. I will take your questions, whatever they be, put them in the live chat and then AJ will send them over to me during this uh, stream. <clears throat> so, and that's only for YouTube. You got to watch me on YouTube if you want to, you want me to answer your questions. So organ transplants, I got to tell you this, there is a lot of changes that happen in the watchtower over time. Like they say one thing and then years later they change their mind. They never admit they're changing their mind. They act like it's always been this way, but they change their mind. Here's an example though, regarding organ transplants. So here's the old story on organ transplants from the Watchtower, um, November 15th edition, 1967, page 702. It says, is there any scriptural objection to donating one's body for use in medical research or to accepting organs for transplant from such a source? That's the question because they were doing a Q and A in, the, in the, the work itself. Their answer is this from the Watchtower itself with the authority of the governing body behind it. When there is a diseased or defective organ, the usual way health is restored is by taking in nutrients. The body uses the food eaten to repair or heal the organ, gradually replacing the cells. When men of science conclude that this normal process will no longer work and they suggest removing the organ and replacing it directly with an organ from another human, this is simply a shortcut. <laughs> okay, first off, like, like that's not how science, that's not how medicine works. It's a shortcut. Um, those who submit to such operations are thus living off the flesh of another human that is cannibalistic quote watchtower magazine, right? Or watchtower book in this case. However, in allowing man to eat animal flesh, Jehovah God did not grant permission for humans to try to perpetuate their lives by cannibalistically taking into their bodies, human flesh, whether chewed or in the form of whole organs or body parts taken from others. So this is very clear, right? If you get an organ transplant, you've committed cannibalism and this is, uh, this is wrong. But here's the 1994 edition of Awake Magazine, uh, May 22nd, 1994, page seven. And listen to what they say now, supposedly from the same source of the governing body. Last October, three-year-old Chandra Sharp was admitted to a hospital in Cleveland, Ohio, USA with a heart that was not only enlarged, but also failing. She was undernourished. Her growth stunted her weight only 19 pounds and she needed a heart transplant. Listen to this. She was given only a few weeks to live. Her parents agreed that agreed to the transplant, but not to the blood transfusion. They are Jehovah's witnesses. 
This was no issue with the surgeon, Dr. Charles Frazier. The Flint Journal of Medicine reported on December 1st, 1993. Frazier said the Cleveland Clinic and other medical centers are becoming adept at performing many surgeries, including transplants, without the infusion into the patient of other people's blood. We have learned more about how to conserve blood and how to prime the heart-lung machine with solutions other than blood, said Frazier. He then added, some specialty hospitals have for decades been doing major cardiovascular operations without blood transfusions. What, what just happened? Watchtower, like you previously said that this was cannibalism and now you're lifting this up as though it was an entirely appropriate and good thing. This baby, like basically Watchtower version 1967 says this baby just ate another baby's heart. Watchtower version 1994 says this baby just totally honored God because it got the heart of another baby, but without blood from another person. Do you see the hypocrisy? Organ transplants are okay, but not blood. Not blood. Watchtower 1967, right? It's cannibalism. Watchtower 1980, give you another quote from uh, March 15th, page 31. It says, there is no biblical command pointedly forbidding the taking in of other human tissue. It is a matter for personal decision. So it's just totally fine. Now listen to the logic of this. Keep this in mind. We've got blood not okay, but organ transplant okay. Here's what they say about blood in um, Reasoning from the Scriptures, page 73. It says, Consider a man who's told by his doctor that he must abstain from alcohol. Would he, be would he be obedient if he quit drinking alcohol but had it put directly into his veins? Alcohol right into his veins? Um, I, I, would that kill a person? I don't know what that would actually do to a person. Um, that, that's what they said before. Now follow the logic. They're, they're saying putting in your veins is the same as eating it. There's no real difference. Not, obviously, there's a difference. But imagine being told by the watchtower that you can't eat human hearts, but it's okay to have one put inside your body. Do you see how their logic doesn't hold? It's the hypocrisy of the watchtower. Also, I want to quote, um, before we get to the Bible issues on this, this is what the Watchtower used to say about vaccinations versus what they say now about vaccinations. Why do I quote this? Because when it comes to medical stuff, the Watchtower is just full of hypocrisy. And why I'm not like, like I'm like a child attacking them. Rather, I want to help deliver Jehovah's Witnesses from the belief that they have to obey this, this group of nutcases when it comes to medical stuff. Look, this is what they used to say about vaccinations. In Golden Age, 1921, October 12th, page 17. Vaccination never prevented anything and never will and is the most barbarous or barbarous practice. We are in the last days and the devil is slowly losing his hold, making a strenuous effort, meanwhile, to do all the damage he can. And to his credit, such evils can be placed. Use your rights as American citizens to forever abolish the devilish practice of vaccinations. That's what they told people then. Ten years later, Golden Age, 1931, February 4th, page 293, they say vaccination is a direct violation of the everlasting covenant that God made with Noah after the flood. So don't get vaccinated, right? God hates it. You're violating God, God's will. Vaccines. Because that's obviously what Genesis 9 meant. was like It was obviously about vaccines. Like it wasn't about, you know, eating things. Um, but in 1952... The tune changed. So for 10 years, they were solid straight, no vaccinations. 1952, they said this, December 15th, page 764, Watchtower. The matter of vaccination is one for the individual that has to face it, decide for himself. 
and our society cannot afford to be drawn into a fair legally or to take the responsibility for the way the case turns out. <laughs> they're, saying, they're saying this is going to cost us too much legal money. Just, it's up to you now, guys. It's up to you now, guys. See, it's funny. The Jehovah's Witnesses are supposed to die on, on, on the convictions of blood transfusions. But the Watchtower, they change their convictions based upon lawsuits. Think about it. Awake 1993, August 8th, page 25, says this. Previous articles in this journal and its companion, The Watchtower, have presented a consistent position. It would be up to the Bible-trained conscience of the individual Christian as to whether he would accept vaccinations for himself and his family. And they don't even do the service to the Jehovah's Witnesses of acknowledging that things are changing. They just change them silently. And then everyone's, it's like, I imagine if I was a Jehovah's Witness, I would feel like there's this whole list of topics that are, I'm not allowed to talk about of all the things that they keep changing that I'm never allowed to say out loud because I would be seen as not loyal. Well, you know who's not loyal? The Watchtower is not loyal to you, Jehovah's Witness. The governing body is not loyal to you. They're loyal to something else. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to shift gears now. We're going to talk about the Bible. I want to quote the actual Bible passages in question, and then I will show you why Christians who believe the Bible never feel any compulsion about blood transfusions. So the, um, the Watchtower quotes a few things on their website. They have a few major passages. It's Genesis 9, um, Leviticus 17, and Acts 15 on their on their articles uh, on their website. So Genesis 9, 4, God, after the flood, the flood has just happened, the waters receded, Noah and his family come out, God gives them some instructions. And one of them in Genesis 9, 4 is, but you shall not eat the flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Don't eat the flesh with its blood in it. That is the um, the admonition. Now, first off, that's about food. This isn't about medicine. It's about food. And intravenous is not the same as eating. Um, does it go to your belly? No. Does it come in through your mouth? No. Um, does it, does it, I mean, like if I, if I shove a hamburger inside my veins, is my body okay? No, I'm going to die. <laughs> like this is not the same thing. Um, <clears throat> so first off, Genesis 9, 4 is not about that. It's about food. And uh, let me, let me read on two more passages. Leviticus 17 verse 13 and 14, they quote as well. It says, any one also of the people of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn among them, who takes in hunting any beast or bird that may be eaten, shall pour out its blood and cover it with earth. So the requirement, pour it out, cover it with earth. If you're a Jehovah's Witness and you hunt, you were taught that you have to do this. Pour it out, cover it with earth. For the life of every creature is its blood, its blood is its life. Therefore, I've said to the people of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any creature for the life of every creature is its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. So the blood represents the living life essence of the creature. And it's, it's like a violation of God's command to Israel. This is specifically to Israel. This is the Levitical law here. Now it comports with Genesis, but it's more details. And this is specifically Levitical law. Um, Interesting that the Watchtower selectively applies the Old Testament. Leviticus chapter 3, verse 17, it says, and follow me here. Notice how they apply one part and they ignore the rest. It says, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwelling places that you eat neither fat nor blood. Well, they eat blood or eat fat, but not blood. Um, so that this is, this is a selective application of the Old Testament law and, and there's no real justification for it. Um, but let me, let me do this in two ways. Because even Christians are divided on the issue of eating blood. Some believers think, man, that, that Genesis passage, that comes before the law, you know? And then there's a, a passage we'll quote in Acts that seems to, to say that we should not be eating blood. And I feel convicted. I don't want to eat blood. 
Um, other believers say, no, 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 we're, we're, we're free from that. We don't have to eat blood uh, or we can't eat blood. It doesn't matter uh, in Christ. And so I'm going to, I'm going to answer it no matter which side you're on, because let's be honest, the issue is not about eating blood. It's about blood transfusions. Um, nobody on either side of that fence thinks blood transfusions are wrong. So let me start from the perspective of, let's suppose you're the Christian who says, I think eating blood is wrong still today. It's in Genesis 9, before the law. It's also in Acts 15, which I'll quote now. So let's take it from that perspective. You're that believer. So Acts 15, uh, 29, there's a letter written to the Gentile believers that are outside of Jerusalem. And they were told they had to obey the laws, obey all of the Old Testament laws to be, to be saved. And so then they said, no, 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 you're not required to do that. But here's what we want you to do. And they say that you, in Acts 15, 29, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these, you will do well. Farewell. So th that's the Acts 15 passage. You should look at the whole chapter in context sometime for your own research. It's just too long for today's live stream. Um, so let's suppose that's the whole story. Like, you know, abstain from blood, things strangled, idols, all of that. Let's say that's the whole story. It still doesn't apply to blood transfusions. It's not eating blood. And there's a couple ways to demonstrate this. For one, we have the fact that Orthodox Jews, they, they weigh in on this issue, right? Because an Orthodox Jew is someone who takes the law way more seriously than a Jehovah's Witness does, way more seriously than most humans on earth would even think to take it. They're very committed in, to, in love to obey this law. They want to follow it. There's a law in the Old Testament that says not to boil uh, a baby in its mother's milk, a baby calf in its mother's milk, that that's just a barbarous practice. Don't do that. But the Orthodox Jew says, I want to be so cautious not to do that, that I won't even eat a cheeseburger, right? I will not have cheese with meat because I'm trying to just be extra careful that I do not ever allow even the chance that this could happen. So do you get the point? They're, they're serious about obeying the law. So here's the question. Do Orthodox Jews do blood transfusions? How do they take this? I mean, they care more about it than you do, and they feel as though they're under the whole law. What do they do? Do you know that they actually not only give blood and take blood, they organize blood drives. Orthodox Jews organize blood drives because they see it as a good work that is something that they should do to honor God for their community. That's interesting. It's only the Jehovah's Witness teachers that say that this stuff is wrong. Now, Jesus, I think, would agree. Let's suppose for a second, hypothetically, that blood transfusions were a, a, somehow a moral wrong. Um, I think Jesus would overrule this. Look at what he says in Luke 14. Let me read to you the story. In Luke 14, he's giving us the principle of the greater good here. And I think this is a valuable principle. It says, one Sabbath, when he went to dine, um, at the house of the ruler of the Pharisees, a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal a man on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Jesus is like, look, you see this as a violation of the Sabbath, yet there's a greater thing here, which is what? The purpose of the law is love. This is a greater, a greater truth. There are times to violate some of the, the um, instructions about either Sabbath or clean and unclean in order to save a life or reach a higher good. That's, a, that's just a biblical truth. It's recognized by rabbis as well. 
Um, now you might say, but blood, blood symbolizes life. So you can't take blood, even that, you can just partake, that symbolizes life. But you're, you're throwing away life to, to save what symbolizes life. That doesn't make sense. I mean, this is like if me and my wife were walking down the street and someone pulled a gun out and they put it against her head and they said, they said, Mike, give us your wife's wedding ring or, or we're going to kill her. And I said, I can't give you the wedding ring. That symbolizes our marriage. <laughs> like, yeah, but there will be no marriage if she gets shot. You know, blood may symbolize life, but life is actually life. Um, something to think about Luke six, Jesus brings up the same principle again in Luke chapter six. It says on a Sabbath, while he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands. This is just, this is the work they did on the Sabbath. They rubbed the grain in their hands. But some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath? And Jesus answered them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those with him. Jesus seems to be endorsing the fact that there are times where those laws are less important than the life that you're, you're preserving through violating them in some sense. Now, don't get me wrong. You can easily abuse and misuse this teaching and be it on your own soul if you do. Uh, but that seems to be a consistent teaching. So um, that's that's under the hypothetical that blood transfusions are even wrong. It would it would then become an exception to the rule when it saves a life. Do you see that? Using Jesus, I say it's an exception to that rule when it saves a life. But there is no rule. This rule itself is fabricated, and I can show you through Scripture. 1 Corinthians 8.8, 8, it says, Food will not commit us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. We are no worse off. If we do not eat and no better off if we do Romans 14 14 it says I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean Romans 14 I just taught on this issue um, the last two weeks um, on my Sunday evening service which which is up on YouTube and Romans 14 makes it pretty clear that, that this this is not an issue even eating of meat and stuff like that not a problem not a problem Matthew 15 verses 10 and 11, Jesus chimes in on the subject and he says, and he called the people to himself and said to them, hear and understand, it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a person. Colossians 2.16 says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Now the Jehovah's Witness, actually, they, they twist this passage. They'll say that Colossians 2.16 is saying, let no one judge you, Jehovah's Witness. You will tell them, I will not have blood, and you can't judge me on that topic. That's, <laughs> that's not really what it means. Um, while, the, while they judge everyone else as being evil for doing it. Um, yeah, that's not what it means. And I can prove it. Just keep reading Colossians 2. You know, read the whole chapter. But starting in verse 20, it says this. If with Christ you die to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Referring to things that all perish as they are used. That's talking about food. So this is not an issue anymore. As a believer today, I think this is not an issue in Christ. Now, if your, your convictions, your conscience is, you think, oh, I, I feel like blood transfusions are wrong, or I feel like eating blood is wrong, don't do it. Like, don't violate your conscience. But in Christ... We see the substance of the things, not just the shadow of the things. And there is a clear teaching that there's no cleanliness issue going on here. 
Um, so we've dealt with the medical issue. We've dealt with the propaganda side of things. We dealt with the biblical information. And we've said, even if there was something wrong with blood transfusions in the case of saving a life, it would be biblically permissible. Yet there is really nothing wrong with them. And um, th this might get you goad. We're, we're about, uh, just to tell you, we're about to take your guys' questions. So put them in the YouTube live stream and I will answer those questions. Um, if this gets your goad, and you're upset and you're like, I can't believe this. Cause this is the kind of stuff that does that gets people, man. I'm so mad at them. There are three people today. Like I woke up, I got, I took a shower. I got ready. I went to work. I came home. I watched the TV. I went to bed. Three Jehovah's witness died because of lies about blood transfusions. Does that make you mad? I think it should, but you know, what's worse than the blood transfusion issue is that they're teaching a false gospel. The worst thing about the watchtower is the false gospel that condemns souls, not just physical bodies. And so I think we all ought to be more vocal and stop being um, so intimidated by our culture where we're afraid to say things are wrong. You know, it's so often the only Christians or people, I should say, speaking up against these issues is because they're, they've just lost their temper and they're finally speaking out and they speak harsh words without a lot of thought. Instead, we ought to be thoughtful. We ought to stand up and show up like my cat. And we should speak the truth to uh, Jehovah's Witness neighbors and friends and preach to them and share with them and get them out of this false system. Because we can't just all get along when it comes to important truths in life. We've got we've to we gotta fight about it. Um, not physically, right? Weapons of our warfare are not physical. But we've got to fight about it. We've got to argue about it. We've got to deal with it on an open forum where we, uh, where we make truth the goal. So, um, if there have been any questions, um, AJ, you could send those over to me now. I'd appreciate it. And, um, thanks guys for joining me. I see, um, let's see Nick Shaw in there. And then, uh, oh yes, yes. There's one guy on my YouTube channel. His name is, it's in Greek. It's Aiesus ene ha kurias ma. It's like Jesus is Lord of all or something like that. Maybe. Am I right? Perhaps. So I'm just waiting for those questions to come in. Or maybe maybe there are no questions. Oh, here we go. Uh, from Salvador Torres. Um, is there not another alternative for blood transfusions, which is better? Um, uh, no, not that I'm aware of. So it's really complicated when you look into alternatives for blood transfusions. First off, you're, you know, I'm, not a, I'm not a medical student or something. I don't understand all the implications of these things. But... But the, the variety of issues that cause someone to need a blood transfusion is very wide. You know, something could be wrong with your blood. You could have an immune problem. It could just be trauma. You got in a car accident. You lost a lot of blood. You need, you need blood. It could be a, a planned surgery or like a heart transplant or something like that. Um, and so the medical community wants to be blood independent. That would be good. This would be ideal because blood is a limited commodity. So they want to be blood independent, but they're not. And there are absolutely situations still, and there probably will be for the, I'm going to guess, at least in the future, in the near future, where if you don't get a blood transfusion, you die. Like that's, that's going to be how it is. Um, so that, that's pretty, that's pretty serious stuff. Pretty serious stuff. Um, that's the only question you got tonight, which is works for me. So let me tell you guys what I'm doing. Um, thinking about doing, because I kind of put the bait out there. I want to get your opinion on something. Um, I'm thinking about doing a Jesus in the Old Testament series after I finish Romans. And I just would like feedback if you guys think that that's a good idea, or if you have other requests for me to do, I'll definitely consider it. 
Um, and then next week on this live stream, my plan is, um, you guys know who Rick, Rick, is it Rick or Ricky Gervais? I think his name is. He's a comedian, actor, uh, British guy. And he has an atheistic rant that's online. He has a lot of them actually that, that I want to, I want to deal with. It's like a 10 minute video where he, um, um, says a whole bunch of stuff that I would love to respond to and take our time to think about because in my experience, um, the atheists that I've, I encounter tends to spend a lot of time thinking about what they don't like about theism and Christianity, but they generally, generally, I'm generalizing here, but they generally don't think very carefully about what they're saying. <laughs> and so it's like, it gets out of their mouth and it's like, yeah, that was good. That was good. But there isn't a lot of thoughtful reflection on what I just said. So I'm going to try and deal with that. So yeah. Um, great. This has been the Tuesday um, ap Apologetics and Theology live stream. If you have suggestions for things I should do in the future, drop them in the comments, not just the live chat, but in the permanent comments section after the video goes live. And I will definitely consider it. Um, I take your guys' suggestions. I should have put it up, but this video was inspired by two Jehovah's Witnesses, former Jehovah's Witnesses, who sent me a message and said, Mike, would you please deal with this topic? I'd really appreciate it because they just wanted clarity on the issue. And I, I hope that I provided that today. So God bless you guys. Have a great evening and um, go and uh, go and tell someone the truth.